his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. 909. Thanks to Tim Zimmer for pointing out that um, that bowl thing that could happen because the Saints are playing Tampa Bay Sunday, December 31st, which is New Year's Eve. That's a noon game. But then if they beat Texas A&M, it's looking like the Reliaquist Bowl, assuming some other things fall into place, and they would be playing Notre Dame, which from everybody's standpoint, be it the schools, the networks, uh, the network that's carrying the game, the city, it would that would be a, a great football weekend. Like Caroline Fenton said, host of Lockdown LSU, burn the place down in a fun way. Terrible choice of words. But, no, I mean, imagine that. Uh, how about a great way to spend the New Year's holiday going to Central Florida, watching the Saints play Tampa Bay, then hanging out, going back to the stadium hours later to see LSU play Notre Dame, the school from which Brian Kelly came. Man, that, that could even get Tucker to travel in there. Road trip, Tim. Load him up. We're going to Tampa. Get Fiegel out of his house. I'm um, getting a lot of texts about people saying okra, definitely Corey Bear, Dr. Corey Bear saying, um, texting and saying you got to have okra and gumbo. You know what? Let's ask Eric Cook. He's an executive chef, owner of the award-winning restaurants Grigri and St. John. How you doing, Eric? Well, I'm doing great this morning. How you doing today? I'm good. Good to talk to you again. We spoke to you a long time ago. Um, tell me a little bit about, first of all, before we get to okra and um, gumbo, tell me a little bit about your story, because you do have an interesting one, not just as re- relates to energy, but in general about uh, your a Marine, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, former. Well, always once a marine, always. Yeah, a marine. I didn't say former. That's why I said you're a marine. But go ahead. Yep. Yeah, you know my story is you know I guess non typical on the you know the path to uh, you know I guess you know being a chef in New Orleans. Uh, you know I was, you know like most crazy New Orleans kids. You know I wasn't the most scholastic you know guy in the world, but I, I really had a calling to be in, in the Marines from a very young age. So. You know, the day I graduated high school, uh, that night, uh, I, I graduated and, and left, you know, that that same night before the sun rose. The next day, I was standing on yellow footprints at Marine Corps Boot Get camp. out. What high school, uh, Eric? I'm from St. Bernard Parish, so I went to Chalmette High. So you graduate Chalmette. That night, you get on a bus, or what did you get, on a plane? Well, that night, uh, uh, a bunch of my friends took me to Fat Harry's, of course. Sure. <laughs> And we spent most of the evening, you know, just you know, doing what you do yeah. back then in the 80s. Right. And uh, my recruiter picked me up from the bar, dropped me off in the airport. And before the sun rose, you know, that next morning, I was in San Diego, you know, heading, heading into boot camp. It no was, kidding. It was, 
quite a fiasco. But you know, that path is that was something Camp that, Pendleton no. or not? No. Um, MCRD San Diego. Okay. All I right. was I was stationed in Camp Pendleton later on when I got to the fleet, but you know that was always kind of plan A. You know, and being a 17, 18 year old kid, you don't have you know you know great great plan. So. That was kind of the plan. You what know, was it about the Marine right? Corps, Eric? I'm going to slow you down a little bit here because I think I always love to hear the story behind the story. What is it that about the Marine Corps that, that that's what you set your sights on? Well, you know, you go for the best, I guess. You know, it was what it always has been, you know. And, and growing up, I was very athletic and I played sports. And I had uh, one of my best friends, Jeff Loop, who uh, was one of my neighbors. We grew up since we were kids, just little kids. And uh, he had joined... Uh, the Marines a year before me, and you know he came home raving like, "You gotta go! This is the thing!" You know, and I'm mm-hmm. like, "All right!" You know, so I was, I was sold in the Marine Corps. You know, before I got to see the recruiter, and then you know seeing those dress blues, and you know you hear the great stories. Some of these guys, which they do a great job, you know, recruiting you in there. Um, it was just I wanted to be the best. You know, the Marines was, was was the hardest one to go to. And I think, like I said, you know, it was just, it was kind of like a calling for me to get in the Marine Corps. Was it the dress blue uniform that sold you? That's a good looking uniform. Good uniform. I still have mine. I still try them on every now and then. Still fits? (laughs) Mostly still fit. Uh, The the neck has always been uh, a tight squeeze, uh, even when you tailored for them. But, you know, I still have that same jacket that I was uh, tailored for in boot camp in uh, 1988. So I still get them around. Chest still fits. Shoulders still fit. Everything still fits except for the neck. That's awesome. Tell me what kind of athlete you were in high school. Well, you know, I played the usual sports. You know, growing up, I was, uh, you know, I, you know, we had the four sports. There was, you know, baseball, basketball, football, track, and that was really it. So by the time I got to high school, I kind of narrowed it down to football. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I played football in high school. And back in 11 Quad A, the big Catholic League was oh, still yeah. running. You know, so what year was, was that? all the big uh, – I went in and uh, – I graduated in 88, so, you know, we were playing in the late 80s uh, when all the schools were just big. You know, you had Leroy Horde playing for St. Augustine. You had Mickey Joseph over at Shaw. Mm-hmm. You know, you had, you know, just all – it just seems like, you know, St. Bernard Parish put out some of the best athletes in the city, and they pretty much our neighborhoods were just split down the middle. You went to Chalmette or you went to Holy Cross, and that was it. And there was always a, a great, fun neighborhood rivalry for all of us uh, growing up. But, I can I can uh, usually – don't say anything. I can usually pick the position. I'm looking at your picture, but I, but I don't know you or how tall you are, how much you weigh. How tall are you? Uh, six one. How much do you weigh? Um, about a buck eighty. In high school, I was about a, about a buck fifty five with pads on. You know? <laughs> I, I'm going to guess uh, – uh, just tell me, offense or defense? I was defense. I'm going to guess they probably had you a defensive end because you were a little bit too tall to play corner, or I, I think they needed you on the line. Where'd you play? Oh, I was a strong safety. Well, there you go. <laughs> I was dead wrong. All right. <laughs> yeah, I was just, you know, it started, you know, I started out, uh, you know, my freshman year and on JV, I was actually playing quarterback. And, uh, you know, back then, uh, you know, being in the big Catholic league, you know, we didn't win a whole lot of games, but. Uh, we got to be really physical. So those first two years that I had on JV were uh, were quite the beating. I was taking all the hits. <laughs> yeah. And I told Coach, I'm like, been, been there, done that, Eric. Yeah, I don't think I want to be, you know, the guy taking all the hits, getting sacked, you know, 17 times in a game. So I switched over to defense and was able to kind of, you know, return some of those favors, you know, as I got older. Um, but yeah, I mean, I loved it. We we still stay in touch so so much. One of my good good buddies, Troy Morrow, owns a uh, 
po'boy shop in Baton Rouge called Rocco's New Orleans Style Po'boys. And uh, we recently had a reunion up there in Baton Rouge. I ran into him. I happened to be in Baton Rouge for business. And uh, it's funny that we still call each other by numbers. You know, he was yeah. 33. You know, and I was, hey, 33. You know, and it's like, hey, 18. You know, and it's, which is, it's funny how those high school memories for us, especially I, football, they stay with us. I don't want to make this the Al Bundy hour, but you are totally and exactly right. And I'd always tell people, if you ask somebody, if they say they played football in high school and you ask them their number and they don't know, they're lying. Because you worked so hard yeah. to get that number, you never, ever forget it. Um, so how do you go... How do you go from being an athlete, you, then you're a Marine, how do you get to cooking? Were you cooking when you were a, a kid or with your mom in the kitchen or anything or what? Well, that's kind of it. You know, you grew up in New Orleans, you know, and in St. Bernard Parish, you know, where I grew up at. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's part of your, your chores, I guess, as a kid. You're in the kitchen helping out. Now I was the youngest, so I kind of got all the chores dumped on me, but... You know, it's like selective memory almost. You forget, you know, because it's such an everyday task. But I remember standing, you know, on the step stool to be able to reach the sink and peeling shrimp and cleaning crabs. And, you know, my dad was a big uh, fisherman, and he loved to hunt. Him and his buddies hunted all the time. So, you know, and I, of course, grew up hunting and fishing. So you just – it's kind of a natural thing. Mm-hmm. And as I got older, you know, you just kind of put it to the wayside because that was just normal everyday living. But when I got out – um, you know, I really had no direction. I, I went, you know, to the when Gulf you got War. out of the Marines. Now you mean? Yeah, I got yeah. out of the Marine Corps. Uh, you know, I did uh, six years. We got back to the Gulf, and there really wasn't a plan at that point. I really didn't know, you know, what to do. And so, like all things New Orleans, you know, a friend of a friend of a friend got me a job in a restaurant. You know, and at that point, I'd never worked in a restaurant before. I don't think. I'd probably eaten in a restaurant, you know, more than, you know, I can count on one hand. But Mm -hmm. when I got into the kitchens, I realized that, you know, the structure of the professional kitchen is very much a paramilitary organization. So it's, you know, chain of command, there's discipline, you know, and, and from saying yes, sir, no, sir, for all those years, transitioning into, you know, yes, chef, no chef was an easy transition. And, of course, I had a bunch of leadership skills, and I wasn't going to say no to any tasks. If I could jump in for a second, I I would also say maybe from the high school football with, you know, you don't quit just because you get tired. You you, you work as hard as you have to to be as good as you can be. Some of that played into it as well? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's a very structured environment. And, you know, for me, it was was the, you know, because when you get out of the service, it's, it's a big, big, big gap you know and a lot of veterans you know suffer with it we see it these days you know all in the news how veterans are, are dealing with but i think you know the biggest challenge for veterans coming out and i can know I'll speak for myself was you miss that camaraderie you miss the bond you have for those that you serve with and, and those who you are standing next to you know you, you have to have each other's back all the time and it's just it's a routine you know and you, you're up at five in the morning you're having you know chow at five thirty. And everything was organized. Everything was structured. So having that structure in my life again, which I think really, really kept me grounded in my younger years, was, was, you know, the relationship that I I built. So, and again, as I moved up and moved through the kitchens, the natural leadership that I had from sports growing up and also from the military really allowed me to 
kind of have an edge up on some of the other guys in the kitchen and some of the other gals, you know, because I was, I was leading troops. You know, we, we did a couple of combat tours, you know, we're in combat, and leadership is, is really one of the crucial skills you need um, in the military, especially in combat. But a professional kitchen, when you're, you know, you're, you're busy and you're running and gunning, you got to have somebody who's in control and calling the shots and knows where everyone needs to be at the right time. And now, wait, I'm going to stop you for another second here if I can. What do you know about leadership that makes you an effective leader that a lot of people perhaps don't and that you would like to share right now? Not criticizing anybody's leadership skills, but what it is that makes you an effective leader and what it takes to lead people. Well, you got you to earn. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams. Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. Will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details the respect of those who you intend to lead and you know and the number one thing my number one rule of leadership has always been you can delegate authority but you can't delegate responsibility Mm -hmm. which means that responsibility of tasks being completed and you know things getting done no matter how many people you tell you know hey go do this go do that you know it always falls back on you so it's follow through it's follow up but it's always it's a learning environment, you know, and that's one thing you're constantly doing, whether you're playing sports or you're in the military, is you're constantly learning. But you're learning side by side with people who have gone before you. And, you know, you, you try and, you know, you're fair, but you're, you're firm, but you're, you're tough on results, but easy on people. But what do you and do? What do you do, Eric, to get the best out of the people that you work with and the people that work for you? Because you you seem to me hell-bent for leather on success. And you don't seem to be a guy that has a huge ego. It seems like you're a team guy. You want to get the best out of everybody. So how do you look into each person? How do you find the way to get the best out of them? Because that's what you want, right? Exactly. And, and that's it. You know, And just like the military in your unit – you know, you're only as good as your weakest link. You know what I mean? You're only as strong as that weakest link in the chain. So being a Marine, you know, you don't want to be a weak link. Everyone, you have to bring everyone up to that level of greatness because when you get in a situation 
whether it's combat or whatever it's going to be, you want to know that you're standing next to the person who's going to, A, you know, have your back B, but, you know, they're protecting you, you know, and, and they're going to help you when, when things get rough. And that's what kitchens really are. You know, they're, you know, there's a very, you know, strange bond. You know, it's, it's just like, you know, in the military, you could look at somebody and there's hand signals you, and you can, you know, you get to a point where you know people so well that they're moving left, I'm moving right. You kind of know it before they are, you know, and you, you feel each other's movements out all the time because you know, you know, you spend so much time together, you become, you know, it's almost like, you know, clairvoyancy in the mm-hmm. kitchen, you know, because you know you feel things going on. And in kitchens, um, you know, the, you, we always say, you know, we joke, you know, we say, hey, let's go to war, you know, and that's what, when you're getting ready for a big dinner service or something, I remember that, you know, we'd all have a pre-shift. It was, it was really like a pep rally, you know, and, and you get everybody ready to go, but you have to be able to have the understanding of what's going on around you and you know and a lot of people always say you know cooks know how chefs know why you know because you can teach people to cook you know you can teach people a b c equals d whether hey onion celery bell pepper make this you know or you know you know flour and oil make this but knowing why things happen or what kind of separates you know the cooks from the chefs because you know, there's not always a clear reason, but you know because you've been there before, you know, what, what what the goal is and why we get there. And sometimes, you know, when we used to call them the games in the military, you know, they wake up in the morning, you got to go real fast and get dressed and get on the road. Get on. You know, everything's high pressure, and it's just preparing you for combat. That's what it is. So your reaction time and everything becomes second nature. Eric, we're going to take it. We're going to take a break. I'm going to pick it up here. We'll come back. You, you should be thankful I don't live next to you because I would be picking your brain like, you know, every day, eight hours a day, and you'd have to get a restraining order because I love learning from people. I really do. And you got a lot to teach. Eric Cook is our guest, a friend, executive chef, owner of the award-winning restaurants, Grigory St. John. We originally were going to talk about Thanksgiving, but I think he's got one hell of a story. Cooks know how. Chefs know why. It's about leadership, bringing up the best out of everybody, which is what he's in it for. And uh, we'll pick up the conversation when we come back. Y'all have any questions for Eric Cook, 504-260-1870. Tommy Tucker, back in a flash, WWL. From Shalmet Stadium, sparing no expense, the Shalmet High Owl Band playing a fight song for Chef Eric Cook. How about that, Eric? I think it's amazing. <laughs> Get you ready, huh? Get you ready to run out on the field? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm always ready to get back in there. <laughs> Executive chef owner of the award-winning restaurants, Grigory and St. John's. We're talking about just your story and coming out the Marines, becoming a chef and so far. So uh, so far, that's right, yeah. Um, you, Eric, epitomize America, do you not, in, in, in everything this country has to offer? And here at Thanksgiving, we all think about things for which we're grateful and that we're thankful for. Talk about that a little bit, if you will, how a kid from Chalmette, can go to Shaman High, join the Marines. I don't mean there's anything negative to any of that, but and then come out and go on to own two restaurants and, and defeat energy while I'm at it. <laughs> well, I don't know if I've defeated energy, you know, but one thing about Marines. Well, you've so, driven them back. Yeah, we, we, we don't quit. We, we, we don't retreat. We just make fighting withdrawals. You know, yeah. maybe we're planning our Strategic next Strategic withdrawals, right? You know, I've been working on a book over the last 18 months that I've got coming out hopefully next year, you know, which was a whole new story we can talk about later on when it gets closer. But, you know, one of the things I always said is that 
you know, and I kind of go into the book is that success can start anywhere for anyone, you know, and it it really comes down to, and look, it's not an easy road by any means. You know, I wasn't, uh, you know, in this industry, at least in, you know, culinary, you know, a lot of kids get the bug, they get the fever and they go and they go straight to culinary school and they come out of culinary school. And, you know, it's a struggle because especially in New Orleans, being such a great, you know, food city and having so many wonderful, amazing restaurants, there's a lot of guys, you know, who, who come up through the ranks. And that's kind of what I did, you know, in the kitchens. I came up through the ranks. But it's a long, it's a hard battle. Uh, it's not a glorious battle. You know, sometimes you're, you're in the back, you know, you're, you're, you have late nights. But when you realize that, you know, all the experience you're getting from those tough times, you know, or what you're going to be asking of, of people one day, maybe when you're their leader, you know, when you step in, when you put on that. I remember, you know, the toughest thing in the world, you know, really when I got my first, you know, I, you know, I want to say, you know, real sous chef position, you know, it was at Commander's Palace, you know. And wow. look, there's no, there's no tougher place to work than Commander's Palace, you know, and because their standards are so high, and that's why they're a great restaurant, because Eric, their standards me, are so high. Just jump in real quick. A sous chef does what? Well, you know, you kind of become like that, you know, like an NCO in the military. You know, you're like, you're a, a low, non-commissioned officer type. You're, you're in a leadership position, with, and now your responsibilities have, have gone from just maybe working the grill station, you know, and you're, or you're just the great saute guy. You know, which is where it starts. You know, you become, you know, the shift leader where maybe, you know, you're making the plan for those grill guys. and You're making the plan for that saute guy and those backline cooks and everyone. You know, you're you're the you become the leader who steps in front. And in that world, in that kitchen world to go from, you know, side by side soldiers in the trenches, you know, you've got to step up all of a sudden. And the next day, maybe you're their leader and you're saying, Hey, let's go, you know, and you got to remember that, you know, that there's, there's at the end of the day, the result has to be, you know, a strive for perfection, but it's also a business, you know, and that requires um, responsibility. It requires, you know, someone to, to be able to say, Hey, I know we want to get out early, but, you know, chef's got a big brunch tomorrow morning. Let's spend the extra two hours to get some prep done for those guys to make their morning easier because you have to become, you know, better for the greater good. And you start to realize that, you know, you're a part of something bigger than yourself. And that requires, you know, leadership and, and you know, it, it's communication skills. That's a lot of things. But it's trust is the hardest part to build, you know. And you build that trust by being in the trenches with your fellow cooks, you know, and that's how you earn those positions. Eric, how do you how do you bridge going to sous chef from working side by side from manning a station um, and having to supervise? Because I know I know some people that have struggled with this and having to manage the people with whom you were working maybe the day before, two days before, you've done their job. You've done everybody's job in a restaurant, I'm guessing, kind of like I have here at the radio station. So you kind of know, yeah. right? You know what everybody does and and challenges that everybody faces and when, when they might be pulling your leg and when they're not. Um, so how do you how do you bridge that for people that struggle with that? What would you suggest as a, a leader of a team when you go from being a player to being the coach with the same people that you're playing with? How do you bridge that? Well, I think it starts with, you know, your performance, you know, on the line, you know, or in your position, you know, you are the one 
who is, you know, you're, you're kind of setting the example. And really, in cooking, you know, it, it's a very, very competitive uh, market. You know, it's a very, very competitive world because everyone wants to get off that line. Everyone wants to wear that jacket. <clears throat> but that jacket comes with a with a heavy price tag sometimes, you know, and that's, you're going to, you know, I, I could tell you days where I spent, you know, 16, 17, 18 hours in the restaurant. You're reading ahead because so, that was the next question I was going to ask you. What kind of hours are you putting in? And there is no easy road to success, right? There's not. You got to, you got to put in the work, you know, and that's the thing, you know, you're, you're a blue collar journeyman, you know, if you're an electrician or like a plumber or one of those guys who are going out, you got to be in the field. You got to get in the trenches. You got to learn because that's where you, you, you really start developing, you know, your leadership or your style of leadership. And mine was always, you know, I'm in it with you. That's kind of what it is. You know, I mean, I, I know where you're coming from. I never went to college. I'm not a culinary school graduate. Uh, so everyone, you know, having that, you know, we call them in the military, we call them Mustangers, which is a guy who enlisted in the military, became a, a non-commissioned officer, did his career, you know, as, as an enlisted person, went back to college, came back as an officer, and now you're an officer, you know, mm-hmm. so, and that's kind of like the transition, but, you know, you, it's just, it's tough, you know, it takes a very strong mindset mentally, because you know, you're going to get pushback, and you know, that, you know, maybe, you know, your friends are going to be like, hey, man, you know, now you're a boss, so we really have to do this, do we really have to do that, you have to understand that, yes, you know, the job still needs to be done, and you can't cut corners, because, you know, th- that's being professional, you know, and I've watched a lot, a lot of my friends. I can tell you right now, that entire line that I worked with at Commanders, and, you know, and I joined them, uh, we reopened Katrina, um, every single person I'm still friends with, we still talk regularly, they're all executive chefs, some have their own restaurants, you know, uh, Commanders Palace right now, um, Meg Bigford, you know, she's mm-hmm. the first female executive chef, I remember when Meg visited commanders out of culinary school, you know, just all those bright eyed kids in that big restaurant, you know, going, wow, look at all this, you know, and she came to work for us at commanders. And again, you know, you, you can, you can see it in some folks like leadership. They've got the look, they've got the work ethic. They have the commitment, you know, and that's what Meg has right now. Commanders is she's done her time there. She's been in the trenches. She worked with a bunch of us. We were crazy kids, you know. I mean, we were just wild and crazy, you know, and we, we, we just would go, 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 go. We never stopped. But that's a great example of leadership because you do your time, you know, and, and you, you, you take the good with the bad, I say. But those hours are long, you know, and the pay isn't great. But there's an end to the means. You, ha- you know, that's on, on the hill you're climbing in culinary. It's, it's never – you know, what it may look like on TV, you know, the white coats and the pretty tongs and the beautiful plates every time. There's a lot of potato peeling and shrimp peeling and floor scrubbing and grease wiping and late nights and, you know, bad pay. But, you know, that's our job in the hospitality industry is to set that environment, that tone, that atmosphere for guests uh, visiting New Orleans, visiting our great restaurants, or even our locals to come in and they see you know, that well-oiled machine and they see that beautiful dining room and those perfect plates, you know, and that's what hospitality is. It's making sure that the guests get 100% of us. And sometimes that means you have to sacrifice yourself, but that's the service industry, you know, and that's why I think I relate so much to it because 
of the military service that I had, you know, it, it's you sacrifice yourself sometimes for the greater good. Eric, I can't. What, I can't thank you enough for coming on. You know what Venn diagrams are, and there are so many intersecting circles with you when it comes to food leadership. Um, uh, success. I, I can't tell you how, how many times, I, uh, how long I could talk to you, but I hope you come back. And certainly, as that book progresses, keep in touch because we want to talk to you. All right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, my pleasure. Anytime you ever need to talk, I'm like you. I, I could talk all day. Trust. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate it. Eric Cook, executive chef and owner of the award-winning restaurants Grigri in St. John. That's leadership right there. I'll tell you what. Nine forty-two, eighteen till ten. Traffic now. WWL. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.